0: what is good everybody welcome to the og gold standard podcast it's thursday i'm rob stats guerrera that's the human wet blanket levin black
1: levin it's really thursday it's live we're doing a live show for a change (laughs) uh well back it up there Am I really the wet blanket anymore? Michelle Poo Poo's everything you say now. Uh, that's true. She's very quick to dismiss. I'll just point that out. She, she's uh very, very anti-Jordan Mason for some odd reason, but we're getting we're getting off topic already, but Yes. That that whole segment was just threw me off. Personally, I blame you.
0: Uh, we are going to live react to the joint practices, 49ers Raiders. They are happening right now. So we'll take your questions, your comments about everything going on. We'll tell you what we're seeing and react to all of that stuff. But I want to remind you, please like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate review and follow the gold standard podcast network. I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. This one comes from Rob Bowring, who says plus five, minus five. It's a five-star review. Five stars for 49ers and five. It's huge. Five, minus five for the intro music. It makes me want to puke. You've got to find something better. You're obviously not a music guy. I can't believe you've never been to a live concert. You're missing out on life. You've got to have someone help you find better intro music. I've been a fan of your podcast for several years, but I feel like you've tried to tone it down since you went out on your own. And I honestly liked it better before when you were a little more excited about things. Keep up the good work. My favorites are Michelle and Grant
1: this is me toned down levin (laughs) there were i saw that uh, review the other day there were a couple things i have to take from it one yeah uh the music may not be perfect and that's because to get a music license it was what like (laughs) they wanted like a thousand dollars to keep the ones that you had
0: no that was just for one song
1: yeah and i had to
0: pay it every year yeah. so definitely wasn't going to do that look i'm willing to change up the music every once in a while but i'm not going to lose any sleep over it i think the more important stuff is the content uh yeah. shout out to cinnamon kiss youtube channel member thanks for hopping in the uh, other part
1: there at the end that you were talking about toned yep. down i think what he's misconstruing here is i would say you're probably a, a little more um, energized and unhinged now that you don't necessarily have espionation nation where you you have to i mean i don't really think you stopped from saying anything when you were with Espionition, but you're it, it's a little bit different you're a little more willing to i think be heavily critical now i do think that there's been a small change with that but i think the tone down that he's misconstruing is the fact that it's been the off season yeah, you're not super excited because there's not much going on. Like, you, you, you don't go, oh, my God, we got Sunday. And you're reacting to games and actual things. <laughs> right. It's all the filler just to get you to the season. It's all the stuff that you, you're putting in your arm because you're an addict to try to stay alive until the season starts and the good stuff comes.
0: Diego, YouTube channel member, says, Tone down, just wait for the first loss of the season. See, Diego knows. Diego's an OG, man. He's been with us from the beginning.
1: We appreciate it. Might come you, quick.
0: Yeah, I'm going to (laughs) say that is true. Um, So a couple of things. We'll get into some of the joint practice stuff. But first, I want to mention this because it's a story that is big news. That's the story of the day, really, that a lot of other 49ers content creators haven't really mentioned. So I feel like we have to mention it. It was the subject of 49ers in five this morning. And that is Jed York, CEO of the 49ers, accused of insider trading among multiple lawsuits that he is dealing with right now, like this is kind of a big deal. And I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it.
1: Right. There's not a lot of info out there. So, you you know, it's not a, you nail him to the wall and say, Hey, this is bad. And he should be suspended or anything along those lines, but it is freaking news. And none of the news sources that I've seen covered it whatsoever. How the heck is the owner of an NFL team sued and you don't cover it at all. That's just uh, malpractice as a journalist, if I'm being honest and the content creators out there that haven't covered it because they want to be only positive and they don't want to risk pissing off the team and all that, then call yourselves what you are. It's not content creation in, in a journalistic way. It's being a fan and just talking only as a fan Public relations, <laughs> right? Public relations. Like you got to cover the good and the bad. If you want to be objective unbiased, and to me, credible. And if you're not going to do that, then I'm probably not going to tune into whatever you have going on, whether that's a beat reporter or a content creator, because I-, I hate that type of stuff. And that's a personal thing for me, in terms of like, th- that is a-, a trigger for me, I would say it's something that I definitely care about a heck of a lot more than the average person.
0: So we're going to get to the joint practice stuff. It's just getting underway now. So we've got a little time. They're just kind of doing individual stuff. Uh, But I just wanted to spend a minute on this because I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it. And we'll take your questions and comments on the practice and everything. But just in case you haven't heard the story, this all comes from the San Francisco Chronicle. Jed York faces multiple lawsuits arising from the activities of Chegg Incorporated, Uh, The litigation says that Chegg helped students cheat on online exams. Jed York was a member of the board of directors for Chegg Incorporated. And uh, the lawsuit claims basically that the revenue for this company soared during the pandemic and that Jed sold some stock and made about a million and a half dollars in profit, allegedly by selling 20,000 shares at artificially inflated prices. The Chronicle reached out to the 49ers. The Niners released a statement. I'm just going to read it here. It says, quote, the 49ers are proud of the work we accomplished with Chegg to provide scholarships for first-generation students. The Chronicle said the team did not address the questions about the lawsuits. against Jed York and the company has denied the allegations. So that is the story. If this is uh, proven true, Jed York could face punishment under the personal conduct policy. It could be a fine who knows the team could lose draft picks. The the league can do pretty much whatever it wants, but that is the story and it is news and some people aren't talking about it. So we wanted to inform you about it and let you know what's up.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'm surprised Jed hasn't made a statement. You would think he would just make a statement. He doesn't need to do a press conference. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, their civil lawsuits, there's been nothing from the sec as of yet. I think obviously if the sec comes, that's a massive, huge, bigger deal to where he probably has to step away. But it is something that needs to be mentioned. Like, this is something that could become a distraction. It's not there yet, but it could become a distraction if your owner's dealing with this throughout the season.
0: Pro Football Talk reached out to Chegg Industries. They forwarded a statement. Uh, the recent securities led, uh, securities related lawsuits against Chegg and in certain cases its board of directors, which again would include Jed York, are without merit. And Chegg is vigorously defending itself. Chegg takes academic integrity very seriously, blah, 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 blah. So, there you go. Again, not a huge thing that we're going to spend a bunch of time on, but it did happen. It is a thing. And, you know, it's something that Jed York's going to be dealing with. And, like you said, it's a distraction. So, yeah, that's what it is. The owner's dealing with issues. The players seem to be fine on the 49ers. Apparently, the owner's got problems.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I would rather have it that way than the other way. So that's right. good. But we do have the first bit that I'm at least seeing from Vic uh, to four. I think it's Tafor. Tafer. I've, I've never heard his name actually pronounced, so I've always wondered that. Vic uh, Tafer. But he says uh, uh, Max Crosby and Trent Williams have squared off in individual drills. Yeah. And uh, Williams won – one uh round one and then max came back on the second one and tried to spin move and didn't get anything
0: <laughs> so over two max keep trying keep telling me he's as good as nick bosa raiders supposedly
1: fans. they uh hugged prior to squaring off against each other so uh there might be a mutual level of respect between Trent Williams oh, and oh yeah Crosby. i mean they, I, we did play the raiders last year in the regular season so they have squared off in an actual game before
0: Yes. And I think that Trent Williams is a guy that just has the respect of everybody because everybody knows how damn good he is. I saw a tweet from Mike Silver that I'm trying to pull up right now as I stall for time here that said basically McDaniels and Shanahan met yesterday and they worked out the logistics and they decided if there are any fights that that player is going to be kicked out of practice. So if you don't want to practice, you know, work on your right cross and uh, you'll be kicked right out. If anybody touches the quarterbacks, Max Crosby or otherwise, there's going to be a brawl.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would say that if anybody actually hits one of these quarterbacks, even if it's not like, you know, lay them out. If you lay them out, like it, it's done over with the two teams will never have joint practices again. But even if you just run into them, they will probably be an end to the practices, I would say. Somebody runs into the quarterback. That player, if it's just like maybe grazing him, the player will probably be kicked out. If it's you could have pulled up and you didn't, and you ran into him, you know you didn't lower your shoulder or anything. Then at that point, I think it's probably going to be a brawl, and at least for that day, the practice will end. Would be my guess. You are muted there, Rob. Number one, first time you're muted. Damn it.
0: Luke Walsh says, what if the fight is between players on the same team? Didn't clarify, but if you both want to get kicked out, just fight each other, right?
1: (laughs) I guess that is true, but uh, I mean, that's one way to get in the doghouse. Hey, we got joint practices. I'm going to fight my teammate.
0: Josue says, sell the team. Jed only sees the Niners as a business. I think that's true. He does only see the Niners as a business. But say this about Jed. He pays for people, man. He paid Trent Williams market rate. He paid Fred Warner market rate. He paid George Kittle market rate. Like he spends money. So I know that everything's not perfect with Jed, but at least you can say that for
1: him. Yeah. Uh, we got this one uh, from,
0: you weren't listening to me.
1: You weren't listening. Uh, no, to me I no? was,
0: you were looking at the comments and you, you weren't, know, I
1: heard it. you talking about how he pays people. And everybody knows that we have what, like three or four people on the team. They when they signed their contract were the highest paid players of the position. Right. But no, I think this is important to put up there. And it's from uh, one of the friends of the show. Apparently Grant is saying that they have put them so far away that they can't even see the practices.
0: So that sounds maybe, like uh, the 49ers, doesn't well, it? <laughs> this
1: would be the, the Raiders um, controlling that I would imagine, but maybe the 49ers offense, which I know Grant was what that's what he was planning on watching. Um, Maybe they are way off on the side. And from where he's at, he can't see the 49ers offense.
0: Look, Josh McDaniels comes from the Patriots, right? He's very, you know, very uh, sensitive to any sort of thing getting out. They like to lock down everything. Luke Walsh says Bill Romanowski would (laughs) brawl with his own teammates. Yeah. I like
1: like that one. Yeah. Uh, Royd Rage is uh, a real thing. (laughs) That's what you got to say about Bill Romanowski. He was a great player, but. Uh, if I'm not Psych- mistaken, he is admitted to having taken steroids during playing.
0: Uh, yeah, let's just say he might still be taking them. I used to see him at Radio Row. He's still pretty amped up. He used to he used to walk around Radio Row with this cooler filled with this like health drink that just tasted like
1: <laughs> ass. It was awful, but he'd be there every year. You got to try a sip of it one time or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you always get freebies on Radio Row. How do you know what ass tastes like?
0: Because I tasted that <laughs> drink from Bill Romanowski. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, the news from the joint practices is, uh, let's just say it's trickling. I'll call it trickling. I did see that Drake Jackson was back, which is good. Uh, cause he was not in Tuesday's practice. Oh no, I apologize. I got that wrong. My bad. He was not in uniform. I, I, sorry, I misconstrued that. That's my bad. He's not in uniform. Uh, so that's obviously not great. I think Aaron Banks is the it's one. A, it's
1: who, a big yeah, opportunity yeah. missed for Drake Jackson.
0: Sorry, it's Aaron Banks that's back. Yeah, no Drake Jackson. Um, and I'm like a little concerned about Drake. Like Jack Hammer was on with me last week, and he said he thinks that Drake is just going to kind of be like a guy. I know Brad Graham said that he's been getting outplayed by Cleveland Farrell. Like, damn, man, your second round pick. We kind of expected a leap from you this year. And so far, it doesn't sound like he's taken it.
1: Not everybody's going to be a 10 sack person. You got Hargrave, you got Armstead, you got Boza eventually. (laughs) Uh, What else do you need? You don't need another 10 sack guy. You need a guy that's not going to be a liability and can get to the quarterback when he's going to be getting extremely favorable matchups because he's going to get the least amount of attention out of anybody. And supposedly Kinlaw is coming on, even though he's never really been a pass rusher. The defensive line will be good, and I don't think Drake Jackson needs to be anything other than a like average starter. If he's an average starter, the Niners are golden.
0: Yeah, well, they haven't been able to find an average starter really across from Bosa for I feel like since D. Ford. They've that's really what they've been looking for. They have D. Ford
1: really... wasn't really a starter. I mean, the one year that he had a huge effect, he played like 320 snaps,
0: 22 percent of the snaps. I think he played which is crazy because considering the impact he had, that's absolutely wild. Uh, We'll get to some of the comments here. Cossard 49 says, who starts Sunday? Trey half, Darnold the other. That's what I would like to see. Let him go. Let him in there. That
1: better be what freaking happens. Right. You need to know what Trey is. You know, I I think you should be more confident in knowing what Darnold is, that he's never going to be great. Uh, And because he's played 50 games, you have a pretty good idea of what he's going to be. He's not, you know, he he hasn't made that sudden leap based on all the reports we've seen. So there's no question mark there. Play Trey Lance. He needs the reps you want to see. Now I will say it's done and over with in terms of who the starter is. Like that was a pretty safe bet to begin with, but it's not even like, oh, we're going to hold out a tiny bit of a chance for Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's not even going to play in the preseason one. That's what like super entrenched starters get. He's going to
0: play in the preseason. He's not going to play this week.
1: Right. I said preseason one. Oh, He's okay. not going to play in preseason game one. The, the top starting quarterbacks in the league don't play preseason one. I don't understand why coming off injury, you wouldn't play him a little bit in preseason every single game. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. And if, if it's not looking good, it's better to know in week one than in week two and three. So I, I, I don't get that, but it's clear that there was never a chance for Trey Lance, which is what we thought coming in, but then we saw some reports. Maybe Trey Lance has a chance if he really shines. There there's no chance. The the only chance Trey Lance ever plays for the 49ers again is an injury.
0: Well what did he say to Rich Eisen at the Super Bowl, right? I just want a chance to compete. Mm-hmm. I think he might have known then Uh, But what I said yesterday with Grant is like, this is it for you, Trey. Like, whether it's fair or not, whether you, you know, whatever you think you deserve or not, like, this is your shot. You have to crush it today. You have to crush it tomorrow. And you have to crush it in the game on Sunday. This is your Super Bowl. This is like the biggest moment
1: of your NFL career is these next four days. Yeah. And (laughs) whether or not he gets an opportunity with another team, who knows? Uh, I, I would if I was in Trey Lance's position, I would be really frustrated and I wouldn't blame him one bit if he expresses that frustration at some point.
0: He hasn't so far. Which is kind of amazing, quite frankly, um, dynamite. Dave says, stop it. Kinlaw has done nothing. I'm still very cautious with Kinlaw. Like, I, I don't think his knee is going to hold up. I'm not letting myself get on that train again. But all the reviews have been good. He's not going to have to be a starter this year. He's not going to have to play a starter's workload. Maybe that will help. But, yeah, I'm kind of with Dynamite Dave, like, let's slow the Kinlaw hype train down just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not hyped for Kinlaw. You know, I, I'm not going to count on him whatsoever. Right. But that's why Hargrave is here. You're not counting on him. But if he can provide really quality depth at the defensive tackle position, then – That is a a very good thing for the 49ers because they haven't really had that since like DJ Jones and stuff have left.
0: Oh man, I miss some DJ Jones. Anyway, keep your questions and your comments coming. Uh, We're happy to answer them. I just saw this update from David Lombardi who tweeted out 49ers defensive line enjoyed considerable success versus Raiders offensive line in one-on-ones. Eric Armstead was explosive past Dylan Parham. Javon Kinlaw, speaking of the devil beat Greg Van Roten, and Alex Barrett notched a pair of wins against both a guard and a tackle. Alex Barrett's been getting a lot of love the past couple days as a guy who's sort of, you know, come on and and been in the backfield consistently over the last two practices.
1: Yeah, it seems like the 49ers are certainly going to have the depth once again at defensive line. You know, they, they seem to do this every year. They find guys, and they end up contributing when they weren't doing well wherever they came from. You know, you look at a a which dodged a bullet there. He's suspended, if I'm not mistaken, six games. So uh, the 49ers have done exactly what a lot of people at this point have just come to expect. They find the diamonds in the rough that while they're not every down guys, when they do come in, they're extremely effective.
0: And they're going to need all the depth. I think that they can get on the defensive line this year. You need it every year, but especially this year. Um, because I don't know if the offense, I can't say you're going to just count on the offense to continue scoring 30 points a game like they were last year. And that's not meant to be an indictment on Brock Purdy. It's just 30 points a game is really hard to do every
1: game. That is true. Um, While we wait on other news, did you see what I uh, tweeted out from a Mike Silver article yesterday?
0: Uh, What you tweeted out? There, I'll pull uh, it. I will pull think I think you did. Yeah, I think I did see that. So Mike Silver had a sit down uh, for anyone who doesn't know with Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of the joint practices. I thought a couple interesting nuggets in there. Eleven, you've tweeted out a screenshot from the article. It says the appreciation for Garoppolo outside the Niners locker room was far more uneven. He's not unscarred by the experience. On Wednesday, I asked Garoppolo about my report in March that Shanahan had been upset by the quarterback's decision not to attend meetings while injured late in the season, although doing so was not mandatory. Jimmy responded, quote, really? He laughed. I never heard that one, to be honest. It was so long ago, I barely remember it. There was a lot of rumors when I was in the Bay about me. I wouldn't believe everything you hear.
1: So here's my problem with that. What Jimmy is saying is trying to make you think like he denied that he didn't attend the meetings, but in reality, he doesn't actually say that. That's not actually what he said. One, he, said, he claims he can't remember. This is eight months ago. You're an NFL quarterback. Do you know how smart you have to be to be an NFL quarterback? Like, th- It's not just your average person that can be an NFL quarterback. There is a lot of high-end processing that needs to take place that takes a high IQ. I remember seeing – this was 20 years ago now almost. But they did a, a study where they like, is being a highly successful athlete – something that just comes from hard work or is there a certain bar that you need to have mentally just to get there and they they got um i think it was uh 10 nfl quarterbacks to take an iq test and the average iq amongst them was in the 140s like they were genius level iqs so there seems to be a thing in order to get to the nfl it's not just the physical it's also the mental jimmy can remember whether or not he was in a meeting eight months ago these are team meetings these aren't like some small thing it's like You can't remember, oh, did I go to practice eight months ago or did I start skipping practices? I can't remember. No, (laughs) bullshit. You remember. And he doesn't, if he went to him, he'd say, well, that's not true. I went to him. Instead, he says, oh, there are a lot of rumors about me when I was in the Bay Area. I wouldn't believe all of them. That's not a denial. That's making it seem like a denial without actually denying it. He didn't attend the meetings, which is wild to me because in the same article, he talks about how When he saw uh, Josh Johnson go in the NFC Championship game, he started thinking that, okay, if we can win this game, I'll be playing in the Super Bowl. So you think that there was a chance of you coming back? He also says he didn't have the surgery in order to keep that window open for him coming back, yet you stopped attending team meetings? That's wild to me. And that is Jimmy Garoppolo's, I think, big issue in terms of what holds him back. Because he doesn't communicate all, all off it's because he doesn't fully buy in. He thinks being a quarterback is a part time of the year job. It's full time during the season and it's not a job during the offseason. Yeah,
0: but this was in season. <laughs> he wasn't oh. going to the meetings. And what do we hear about Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance, when he was hurt, went to Kyle Shanahan and said, give me a job. Give me something to mm-hmm. do. Let me help Brock Purdy. And Brock himself said that Trey helped him a lot. I think he said Trey helped him more than anybody else. So that was a thing. The part from the Silver article that I took out is when Jimmy talked about how awkward 2021 was, how he didn't like it. And he said, quote, that's why I love those guys in the locker room. All that crap that we went through for four to five years, whatever it was, we all stayed together in the locker room. And I thought that's what made us such a tight group. The brothers in the locker room, those guys played a big role. I don't think the fans always saw all that stuff. But those guys really picked me up when I was down sometime. How much do you want to bet he's talking about early in the season when they were taking him out for Trey Lance and Jimmy mm-hmm. was getting down on himself? And and like we have always heard, the veterans went to Kyle and said, stop doing this because our quarterback is pouting about it.
1: Yeah, which... Uh, uh, that... Of all the Jimmy Garoppolo things in that era for the 49ers, that is the one part that drives me the most wild. And it's not even fully Jimmy's fault. I can understand Jimmy being frustrated in that situation and being taken out when at the goal line. You know, For him personally to be frustrated, that's one thing. For those plays to be working and scoring touchdowns, which, by the way, the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan historically are not good in the red zone. So yep. for them to be able to finish in the red zone is a big deal, and for the veterans to go, hey, that's unfair, we don't like that, shame on you. Like, that's still my biggest issue with the veterans on this team, and it's not something I've been able to kind of get past because that, to me, is you're having loyalty to a player rather than the team, and that bothers me.
0: It was working, and they were terrible. They had trouble scoring early in that year, too, and that's that was always the crazy part about it. Um, But anyway... That that was a silver article. Uh, you should go and read it. Uh, it's always I knew when he sat down with Jimmy that there was going to be just a couple of little nuggets in there. Uh, news is not really trickling out from the joint practice. Luke Walsh points out that Matt Barrow said binoculars were a must for covering the practice because that's how far away they have these people. Like, let's be honest, if the coaches had their way, there would be no media at any of this stuff. They don't want any of this stuff to get out. Um, I thought it was interesting that Kyle said he didn't commit to Brock Purdy not playing in week one. He said, I don't think he's going to play, but it depends on how the joint practices go. So if Brock does end up playing Sunday against the Raiders, you know that Kyle didn't see something that he wanted to see.
1: Yeah. I, well, I mean, there's there's a couple different ways to take that. It could be that he really wants Trey Lance to get first team reps. There is that possibility that he wants to see Trey Lance against the first team defenses and, and in week one of preseason, first team's not going to play that long. You know, they're probably not going to play an entire half in the first week. That seems to be the way teams have gone. It used to be different when there were four preseason games. I feel like it used to be, okay, they're going to play the first quarter in one they're going to play a half and second and three, and they're going to sit out four. now. It seems like it's going to be, they may play a quarter of week one. They may sit out week one, and then they'll play a half in uh week three and in week two it's going to be kind of a mix some teams are going to play him a full half some aren't it could be that kyle Shannon is confident that party is what he was last year so he wants trey lance to start the game so he can see one now if trey lance doesn't start the game <laughs> yeah. my computer might break if we're trying to do a <laughs> show because <laughs> there's zero reason not to see what trey lance can do against the ones
0: I agree. Or just start him anyway. He should start because he should start because he's the quarterback that has the most experience in the system, including Brock Purdy. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't start. Kyle speaks later today, by the way. After the practice, Kyle Shanahan is going to speak. Do you think that he will, number one, get asked? And number two, do you think he'll even comment on it? I don't think he's even going to say it. He's not going to get asked, and I don't think he's going to say it.
1: No. Maybe he gets asked, but he certainly won't say it. He never likes to tip his hand, even in preseason. Uh, I am seeing tweets here. Um, and this is from Paul Gutierrez of ESPN who covers the Raiders for ESPN. He, uh, he is, uh, I can see a video of what he is seeing from the stands, which, yeah, it would make it difficult to kind of tell what's going on on the far field. And then uh, right after that, he replies with a picture of binoculars. So he is trying <laughs> to watch with binoculars. That is the situation. So it looks like we're probably not going to get very reliable, uh reports in terms of what is happening
0: it is Uh, it is unreal how they try and keep this stuff a secret like you're not protecting the nuclear codes okay like could we just oh man it's incredibly what are you
1: keeping a secret from you're practicing against the raiders they know like they're an opponent they know what you're doing it's not like it stays a secret
0: well and then what did josh mcdaniel say earlier in the week he said oh it's not going to be like a scheme they're not scheming things up they're just kind of getting reps against one another. it's like okay then why are you trying to keep it a secret like it's just these football coaches man I swear to God it is unreal how they protect this stuff
1: I would I will say I I uh, I am finding it interesting if you go through your Twitter feed I'll follow a whole bunch of Raiders people for the next couple of days yep you see Raiders beat reporters posting videos? And you see some of the Niners people retweeting those videos, but you yeah. don't see the Niners people taking video.
0: Well, they don't want to anger Emperor Kyle.
1: That's exactly what it is. Like, it seems like the Raiders are allowing video, at least during the individual drill portion of it, maybe in the scrimmage, they can't. And even with that being allowed, the 49ers reporters aren't going to utilize that and provide the service that they're supposed to provide to the fans. That, that's all. We're getting back off topic, but that's always been my problem. Is you write for the fans, your readers—that's who you work for. You don't work for the team. So if you're allowed to film, film.
0: Well, we'll see if they actually do. Can you put like the phone in front of the binocular and try and like take the video (laughs) that way? I don't know if that would even work. Uh, DS watching says, "How many times switching between Jimmy and Trey in the red zone actually worked?" percentage not as successful as you implied also was more difficult than veterans, hence they complained. Yes, it was successful. They did it in week one against the Lions and scored a touchdown. They did it in week three against the Packers and scored a touchdown. And then it stopped. So it was that successful. But, <laughs> the veterans just didn't like it because the veterans are a bunch of
1: clicky, crybaby wimps. Clicky. There you go. Uh, who was it you were talking to? Was it? Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Grant talking about there is a very a kind of close semblance to the frat mentality in yep. this team. And I that, I think that hits it on the head. It is very much like a frat where you got to be one of the boys and you got to pay your dues and maybe if you're lucky and you're cool enough and you have enough money then you can come be one of the cobble boys. I hate that. Nine. Jay Shaw,
0: 007. If Lance or Darnold do well against the Raiders, does that prove they are ready, particularly if they are facing tougher defenses in at least some of the Niners first stringers? No, I don't think it like Look, take it for what it is—a good preseason performance Sunday, or even in these practices, is a good performance. In this instance, it doesn't—I don't think you can make a larger statement overall about a particular player whether they do well or whether they do poorly. It's just something to build off of.
1: I, I'll, I will uh, rephrase it this way: Does it make you know that they are ready to be a, a real NFL quarterback? No, but does it doesn't mean that they are—they have done enough for you to find out. Yes, it means they're deserving of a chance of finding out what they could be in the real games. And that's what I've been talking about the last couple of weeks with you. That is the whole issue is that both Lance and Purdy have done everything you could want at this point to deserve a chance to be a starter and see what they are when it's real games and everything's on the line. And the problem is only one of them gets it. They're both deserving of that opportunity, but only one of them gets it and it's clearly going to be Purdy. It is what it is. I would say if Lance has a really good preseason and some of these joint practices against the Raiders, all that does is make you more confident that, hey, this guy has a real chance. I would love to see what he can do in the regular season. It's just Purdy's there, and Purdy clearly is getting first crack at it.
0: John Lund from KMBR tweeted a video of Jimmy Garoppolo or a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if he's got a hell of a zoom in or what, but it is super close. He looks like he's about five feet away. If you're watching in the stream, you could see it. I'm sure he must be zooming in because there's no way. I mean, he's literally in the backfield, it looks like, in this photo.
1: If he is zooming in, it is definitely like a professional-level camera. True. Uh, Speaking from somebody that used to have to take his own photos and stuff as a journalist, you don't get that quality of a photo from a phone zooming in. Yes, phones have come a long way, and phones do, do pretty well, but that is a, a very high-quality photo.
0: Fish and Ship says, who is this quarterback the Raiders have? Very nicely done.
1: Uh, I did see that uh, from a, Ford in, or a Raiders beat reporter, it will be Brock Purdy, then Trey Lance, then Sam Darnold. So it looks like Trey Lance is going second today.
0: Which he always freaking should go second. Um I hope Trey kills it man. I really do. And I want to be interested what do the Raiders people say about Trey Lance? That's what I want to. If the Raiders people are like, "Damn, he looked good," then I will be super encouraged cuz they don't have a bias. They don't have they don't give a crap about the 49ers quarterback. So if they compliment mm-hmm. him or if some of the players say, "Hey, Trey made some damn impressive throws," that'll be very encouraging. By the same token, if they say the opposite, I'll be pretty
1: bummed. Uh yeah, and I will be interested to see it at least from the little bit that I've covered, I do have a friend that's uh, he used to run the bleacher report website for the Raiders. So he's pretty tight in. It seems like the Raiders, they've left the Bay area and that media group that they have, they're not New York or Philly, but they are willing, willing to call it like they see it. So to speak, they, they aren't scared to say, Hey, they sucked. You know what I mean? They didn't sugarcoat Jimmy Garoppolo, throwing seven interceptions and two practices they didn't say oh wow he looks terrible like a new york media would <laughs> they said he threw three picks again you know they just reported the news unbiased which is that's what i'm looking for
0: right we got a raiders fan in the chat how about that willie wayne go raiders Appreciate you. Hey, we we take all kinds. That's fine. Uh, how about them Niners? Ask Robin Levin. How do you think the Jed York lawsuit affects the team as a whole or not at all? We talked about this at the start. If you just hopped in, uh, Jed York has been accused of insider trading. He's dealing with multiple lawsuits right now. This could be a giant nothing that he just resolves it and it goes away. Or he could be punished by the league if these things are, are proven true. We don't know yet. This story is in the in its infancy. Uh, But it was just interesting that uh, it was very quietly or I should say not reported among a lot of the 49ers people.
1: I mean, where it is right now, it could be a nothing burger. And this is all we ever hear about it. Or it could become a massive thing. It's like one of the big storylines that the season starts. We don't know. There's not enough info. Nobody knows yet. Uh, I do see a tweet from a Raiders person saying Jimmy is struggling. He's one of four. Uh,
0: Oh, you hate to see it, huh?
1: It uh, he says on the other field, Raiders defensive line still faring well. Good push from Jordan Willis.
0: Hey, Jordan Willis, he'll always have a soft spot in my heart for blocking that punt against the Packers. <laughs> that's one of the things that I wanted to see. Like, what? How is our offensive line going to look against that, actual right. other pass rushers?
1: That that's been my concern because we've seen in like the last like four or five days they have really struggled against the Niners' D line in practice, and that's without Nick Bosa. So that has started to become a little bit of a concern is why are they struggling against the defensive line that's missing the defensive player of the year? You know what I mean? So if they struggle against the Raiders, which the Raiders, Max Crosby is a really good defensive lineman, obviously. But other than him, the overall defensive line is maybe average, like they're not that great. They didn't have a ton of sacks last year. They're not that great of a defensive line so they shouldn't struggle with them they
0: shouldn't but it is a question mark going into there's some there's some questions on the offensive line going into the season so yeah I was definitely eager especially Colton McKivitz, because everybody said he looks so good he looks so much better than we thought it's like okay does he look good or does he look better than we thought because there's a difference there because he had a pretty low bar to you know For level of performance. So he could look better than we thought he was going to look and still not be very good. So I I want to hear about him today.
1: Yeah. And let's see, uh, Colton McKivitz. it says, uh, that he did not have success slowing down Chandler Jones inside spin move. So it looks like he got beat in a one-on-one rep that came in a reply to the Max Crosby versus Trent Williams, one V ones. So that would be during the one V ones.
0: And look, that's, Obviously not good, but also Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So, like, I think what we're going to see with McKivitz and by the way, Clasard49 says my condolences for McKivitz going against Crosby. I think what we're going to see is McKivitz can hold up against most pass rushers, but against the the top guys, the elite guys, he's not going to be able to for the most part because he's not an elite offensive tackle. He's just not, and that's not a knock on him. That's generally how it goes.
1: Yeah, and uh, we do have a little bit of uh, an idea of what uh, Nick Boza is probably doing because it looks like there's a – I see a story that just came out of Joey Boza has been eating five calories daily in an effort to bulk up for the season. Probably what Nick is doing. Five five, calories? 5,000 calories. I was
0: going to say, yeah, I think he might need a little more than five. (laughs) I don't know that that's going to get the You can can
1: bet Nick Boza is in that same bulk up mode right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Diego says McKivitz getting the work he needs with Bosa's absence. Uh, I mean, if Bosa was going up against McKivitz, we wouldn't be seeing those uh, positive reports. Uh, oh, I got some uh, Trey Lance news. Uh, Lance, let's see. Trey Lance, first two snaps, fumble, false start. Darnold comes in.
1: <laughs> but there's <laughs> a reply to that one from the same yes. person saying Lance comes back and fires a strike over the middle for a nice gain to end the period.
0: And then another one saying, nice throw from Lance to Conley over the middle. So I don't know who the center was for Lance. I know that uh, some of the centers have had some issues snapping the ball that are not necessarily Trey's fault because basically they're trying to figure out who the backup center is going to be. They want it to be Jason Poe, but he doesn't have a ton of experience there. He's not a very vocal guy, and you need that on the offensive line. So I know they've been working some people in and out, but uh, at at least Trey rebounded a little bit. But obviously, yeah, that's not how you wanted him to start
1: so who wears number 69 is that hargrave maybe because it was it was McGlinchey. because there's a tweet here from a raiders guy saying van rotten is a bully gotta love it he just hit 49ers defensive lineman number 69 with a throat shot you do that <laughs> too many times they- there's gonna be you know that's a way to um make the practices get a little too physical and end up causing things to happen.
0: Hey, but. look, they said no punching. They didn't mention anything about throat shots, all right? <laughs> it was fair game. Uh, poor Spencer Reagan getting the blunt of it there. Um,
1: Is that who it was? Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jed says, here comes stats with Trey excuses. It's not an excuse if it's true. Like, what, what do you – like, the centers have not been good. It's not, I, I didn't make it up. Maybe it was Trey's fault that he fumbled the snap. I don't know. But we've also heard that the snaps have been bad. Like, I'm just reporting the, the facts of the situation. I'm sorry that makes some people so mad. Damn it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be biased here whatsoever. We we can't see what's going on. Obviously, you can't either if you're tuning in because you're watching our faces right now <laughs> <laughs> instead. But we're just reading the tweets as they come in about what, what's happening, uh, trying to be as unbiased as possible. Looks like Trey Lance got off to a rough start and then came back and responded well. That's As far as we know, I didn't see anything about what Darnold did with his reps. And I haven't seen anything about what Purdy has done with the first team.
0: Yeah, I have not seen anything. And frankly, like, I don't need to see any updates on Sam Darnold. I really don't. I know what he is. Like, that's the thing, right? With Trey, people are saying, hey, he looks different. He looks better. He looks improved. But Sam Darnold, has anyone said he looks any different than what he has been? I don't know. And the other thing with Sam is like, yeah, you might like his arm, but the problem is that his arm is attached to the rest of his body. Attached to his brain and his brain is the problem with sam darnold so i think that what's going to happen is once he gets playing in the games i think you're going to see the same old sam darnold he's going to make a couple good throws but he's going to make some throws that absolutely make your head explode
1: yeah i mean he he's somebody that can make a wild throw but he makes too many of the what the hell were you thinking throws to ever be the person that you trust as your starting quarterback and that that's the whole problem with Darnold and the NFL is littered in its history with quarterbacks that are that way, that, you know, they, they have some flash, they have some great uh, high end ability, but they make too many dumb mistakes. And that's, I think maybe the hardest part to the NFL being, being a quarterback is that all it takes is a split second of being bad and it ruins everything else you could have done. It doesn't matter if you go out there and you go, you know, four for four for, 60 yards and you're in the red zone, if you have that split second of you didn't see that one guy or you misread what the coverage was going to be pre-snap and you throw the interception, those other four plays didn't matter whatsoever.
0: Yes, and we've talked about that. Sometimes being a quarterback is all about the worst thing that you do. Even if you have a really good day, that one decision, that one throw you shouldn't have made, that one throw you should have made, whatever the case may be sometimes it's about that and that's what Darnold has shown and I think that's what he's going to continue to show Uh, DKY Sports Hockey says Sam Darnold has one season over 60% completions I mean we all know what he is at this point that was why we've been talking about this being so frustrating because we feel like we've seen him play we know what he is That level of play is not what the 49ers need out of their quarterback. And so for him to be taking away snaps from anybody else on the roster, whether it's Brock or Trey, just never seemed to make
1: sense. But Kyle likes him, so he's here. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. I mean, as a third stringer, he might be the best third stringer in the entire NFL. He's somebody I wouldn't mind having as a backup.
0: I would. As
1: As a second string, you want somebody coming in that at least has a chance of that high side. They can come in and maybe save the day in that one game. That's what you're looking for in a backup. I mean, come on now. Think about how terrible of quarterbacks exist that are starters, let alone backups in the NFL. Not too many teams have a backup that can come in and do much of anything whatsoever, even the Cooper rushes of the world for the Cowboys. Yeah, he came in, he didn't make mistakes, but that's it. He didn't make any wow plays. He came in and didn't make mistakes.
0: Uh, I saw this from 49er Empire. Did you see Grant's post about where they put the media? Yes, we did see it. We know that they are very far away. Um, It is what it is. That's that's how those are going to go. I'm sure they're taking great joy in the fact that they put the media so far away.
1: I'll say this. In terms of these joint practices, I don't care as much about what the beat reporters are saying as I do what the players are going to say after. Right. And And you kind of talked about that the last couple of weeks, if the players are laughing at somebody on the 49ers, like they, we saw teams laugh at Jimmy Garoppolo in the the past in in the joint practices, that's very alarming. And you should take that very seriously because it holds a lot of weight, in my opinion.
0: So Kyle Shanahan is going to speak and then there will be players afterwards today. So we should hear from some players. I'm going to keep an eye on what some of the Raiders players are saying. Quana, uh, thank you very much for the super chat. Fans call out fans for choosing Lance or Purdy above being a 49ers fan. Apparently Niners themselves did the same against their own best interest.
1: Yeah. well, Just the way following the, uh, the last part he's, he did it again, he's referring to in regard to Jimmy in the red zone, they pulled Lance in favor right. of Jimmy, which was against their own best interest.
0: That's how it works with quarterbacks. Only one guy can play. And so it's a zero-sum game. When one guy plays, that automatically takes the chance for somebody else to play. So it's it's only natural that like there's division when it comes to which quarterback you want to play and all that stuff. Because that's just the nature of the position. You know, If they were wide receivers, we wouldn't be having this problem because they could just play both at the same time. Yeah. Uh... You weren't listening again, were you?
1: <laughs> I was... You were. I caught part of it, but then I saw Pat McAfee is talking about Nick Boza currently.
0: Uh, Pat uh, McAfee is not where I go for information. I'll just say that. (laughs) Uh, Like, he can be entertaining at times, but like, there's a lot of times, especially when he talks about the 49ers, he doesn't know what the hell's going on.
1: No, I'm not saying that he has some inside info, but if he's starting to cover it, it could start to become more of a national story. And I think. Being a big national story where the team is constantly getting asked what's going on with Nick Bosa and what's going on with Nick Bosa creates more pressure there to get it done. And that might be the catalyst to finally get this done.
0: Which I hope they do soon. Ken Ketchum, great name, says, if you think the players are going to tell you a thing, good luck. The Niners players probably won't, but the Raiders players might. That's, that's the side of this that we're paying most right. attention to. We kind of know where the Niners players stand pretty much at this point. It's yep. the Raiders players that we want to hear from. Like like we mentioned with the Chargers making fun of Jimmy. I mean, the hell the Niners players were making fun of the uh, receivers at the last practice because the receivers kept dropping everything. So sometimes you get a little more out of the players than uh, than you might think.
1: Uh, I got a tweet here. It's a good one. Of all the people, Cleveland Farrell is blowing up the Raiders offensive linemen during drills in joint practice.
0: Mm, facing his former team. Little extra sauce there from Cleveland. Love it.
1: Might have an idea of how to beat them. Uh, I think we. It was. Uh, I think it was Joe Staley that told us the more times he went against some somebody, the less he liked because the defensive lineman started to learn. To, you know, get the timing down of when is Joe Staley going to hit his. You know, hit his uh, mark in mm-hmm. stepping back and how to set him up to beat him. Uh, so maybe he's gone against these offensive linemen enough to where he knows how to beat them.
0: Uh, I saw a comment here from somebody that said. Oh, somebody said that Devontae Adams split two defenders for a touchdown. Like, would you be that surprised? Devontae Adams eats the 49ers lunch every time he plays him. So, yeah, I would expect to see that often.
1: I do have a Purdy update, not much to it, no specifics given. Uh, But he says Purdy is struggling to start seven on sevens. This is from Josh Harper, who covers the Raiders.
0: Interesting. Well, we'll find out. We'll see. I mean, Kyle's probably going to downplay anything that happens, and we'll keep everything a secret. But that's why I say follow the Raiders, guys, because you'll get the whole yeah. story. Josh I mean.
1: Harper is hes the one that tweeted out the Trey Lance first two snaps tweet, and he's a former NFL player as well as a former D1 coach. Seems to have a pretty good idea of what he's looking at if he's tweeting things out. He did say that Purdy ended with a nice throw to Ayuk. So it looks like Ayuk is beating the Raiders as well.
0: And he's also saying that he's far away from the action. But that's good news on Ayuk because, you know, it's one thing for him to cook the 49ers secondary. That's not exactly the strongest uh, unit on the team. So, again, that's a narrative that appears to be holding up against the Raiders, so I greatly appreciate that. Nicholas Para, thank you very much for the super chat. Nicholas, uh, hey, guys, I can't believe how fired up we are about joint practices in the game Sunday. This team continues to be super interesting, and I'm along for the ride. See you week one, Levin, Rob, see you week five. Uh, I'm excited for this. Like, this stuff, we're in it now. Like, we are in the flow of the regular season, right? Game on the weekend, practice, 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 game. Like, that's we're locked in now for the next, what is it, 18 19 to 20 weeks whatever the hell the regular season is like we are in the regular season football cadence now and yeah i'm excited about it
1: so is this the guy that's getting you tickets cuz he says see you week 5 which would be when you're going to the Cowboys game
0: uh no he's not the person that gave me the tickets um but i hope to meet as many people as possible when i am at the stadium and if you see me Please come up to me. Even if you want to come up and yell at me and insult me, I'm cool with that. I just Whoa. want to be recognized.
1: I just have one request. If you're going to go up to Rob and yell at him, please film it and <laughs> post it online and tag me in it because I want to see that.
0: <laughs> well, don't encourage Now you're just encouraging. What, what,
1: what are you going to wear? Are you going to just wear like normal clothing? Are you going to, dress I want to go to the all or what?
0: I want to go to the team store and buy a bunch of stuff.
1: Right? You gotta, I got to buy something from Levi's. Are you talking about in the stadium team store? Yeah. Uh, if I can make a recommendation, go to the team store in downtown San Francisco first, or just like a team store in one of the malls out there. Because in the stadium on game day, that team store will be packed. It will be hell. There might be some things that they sell out of. You, yeah. You, you don't want to go to the team store during a game to try to get your stuff.
0: Sean Morris says, Rob is an attention whore. Yes, I am. Do you see what I'm doing for a little? Yes, I absolutely am. I like it. <laughs> not going to lie. Like ugh. come on, let's just lay all the cards out on the table. Uh, let's see. What is this? Huddy says Raiders reporter Levi Edwards said Chandler Jones has been eating on one-on-ones. Don't know who he was up against though. Chandler Jones eats against everybody. That's the thing. Like that that ex- isn't really shocking to me. He's a really really good pass rusher. Um so I'm not super surprised or super worried about that but if we start hearing that some of the other like backup Raiders backups are having success might start to sweat a little bit
1: <laughs> I'd actually forgotten Chandler Jones went there you know the the whole Patriots connection there with McDaniels
0: Yep, that was during the mass exodus of talent to the AFC West that happened in the last off season. Uh, Judd says, if the press are three fields away, how can we be sure they're reporting correct players must be hard with binoculars to know who's throwing and catching and coverage. Hopefully they're working in teams. Yeah. That's the other part of this too, is it like everything's happening at the same time and you can only watch one thing at a time. And now you're looking through binoculars. So your field of vision, you know, is greatly reduced. So you're, you're going to miss stuff. Cause that literally it's impossible to pay attention to everything. So that's another reason why we always tell you like, get your information from a variety of sources because there's going to be stuff that Matt Mayoko doesn't see that Grant sees or that David Lombardi sees or that some of the Raiders people see. So you have to go to a bunch of different places if you want to get, uh, you know, the most accurate picture that you can get from these joint practices.
1: I am seeing a tweet once again from a Raiders reporter saying, uh law had a great disrupting the pocket up the middle in one-on-one drills. And then uh, that, Farrell is once again having good moments blowing up the Raiders O line.
0: That's from Marcus on a Bruchet. stunt
1: play. So it looks like that stunt play has remained where the outside goes inside.
0: Good. It always seems to work for the 49ers. Ted Talks Ball is here. What up, Ted? Appreciate you checking in. Ted's been at practice for the 49ers covering them. So you should always check
1: out his stuff as well. Yeah, I feel bad. Uh, I owe Tim apologies. been wanting me to get on his channel, but I've just been. What are you? Big time in Ted? No, I've been so busy. I haven't been on anybody's show. I haven't been able to write for the website. I've had a ton of school work because I've tried to step up my workload on that because I want to freaking get done and get on with my life. So I've been doubling my efforts in school, and uh, yeah, I don't have much time outside of that. So I've not been able to match up with Ted.
0: Mm-hmm. Big time in Ted. I'll go on your channel anytime you want, Ted. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you it, know, if you can't get 11... as
1: big time as Mr. ESPN over there.
0: Well, hey, some of us have more free time to do that stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see. James Dur- Durnal says, are there any live streams of joint practice? Hell no, James. The last thing these teams want is for that stuff to get live stream. They're sticking the media, you know, in the middle of nowhere, three fields away. They're definitely not going to live stream it. Yeah,
1: I'm seeing uh, Lombardi has tweeted uh, a little bit of, I guess it's kind of a mixed bag with the offensive line. He said the Raiders defensive line has been testing the 49ers offensive line with a bunch of two-on-two stunts in drills. He said quality stuff across the board. Trent Williams and Aaron Banks head up, held up well on a couple versus Max Crosby, but then Crosby teamed up with Jerry Tillery to knock Williams down on another rep. And then he said uh, McKivitt's lost a rep to Crosby. Uh, but then he bounced back to stave off a bull rush from Crosby. So seems like it's kind of a mixed bag going back and forth between the two.
0: Most notable part of it all might've been post-play chats between Crosby and Williams and Crosby and McKivitz. players trading tips and info. Oh, so I thought that was going to be trash talk, but apparently it's, it's cordial. Well, that's good. At least. Um, yeah the offensive line is what it's going to be i think i think it's good for the 49ers that they have purdy and or lance and or darnold really because they're all mobile and they're all light years more mobile than jimmy garoppolo i think that's going to come into play more this year than it has in previous seasons
1: it very well could i'm seeing also now that uh looks like purdy had a goal line period period where he made a nice throw on a slant and you dropped it which we i have seen that kind of increase here in the last week seems like there's been a lot more drops at least being tweeted yeah. out maybe they happen in week one they just weren't tweeted out but it doesn't seem like the drops have gone up for the 49ers receivers
0: and that's something honestly like with both Ayuk, he's dropped some big passes for the 49ers both that's- him
1: and devo are not very well ranked when it comes to drop percentage in the nfl
0: if if he's going to make this leap, not talking about IUP, that everybody says he's going to make, where he's going to be, you know, a top 10 wide receiver in the league, like you can't be doing that. You got to lock that down. And hopefully he will, but he has had some problems with some drops with the 49ers. So that's something he's got to get under control. And sounds like right now, at least the last two practices, the whole damn receiving core has to get under control.
1: I mean, we'll see. I think it probably gets old running routes in practice. You know what I mean? Hey, I don't care man, that's the job. I know, but we'll see what when the, we'll see what happens in the actual game. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll see if Ayuk makes a DB get embarrassed, you know. Uh which I think probably will happen. Ayuk I I think he is uh in the top 5 for route running, arguably could enter the top 3 depending on how big of a season he ends up getting. And one of the guys that I would argue is better than him at it is on the other field today. That would be Devontae Adams.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, 49ers Empire says, Rob, you know you're a closet Purdy fan. Come on, admit it. We won't judge you. You're in a safe space. He will
1: He will come out of the closet week one. When Purdy I'm... is starting, you've been on record. You prefer Trey Lance to start, but once the games begin, whoever is starting, you will be rooting for him. Yeah,
0: that's it. Like, it's just, it's a very simple thing. I'm not anti-Purdy. I just, I'm pro-Lance. But it doesn't mean I hate Brock Purdy. I don't hate Brock Purdy. I'm a tough grader when it comes to quarterbacks. I really am. I'm, I'm very hesitant to name a guy, a franchise guy and all that stuff. I like to wait. And so I'm just not willing to proclaim that Brock Purdy is the second coming of Joe Montana. Like, no, I'm just, I'm not there yet, but that doesn't mean I don't like him. He does a lot of things that I like.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he could be the franchise. There is that possibility. Like, absolutely. He's somebody that, could put up 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. I don't think he's somebody that can go on and win an MVP, which I think Lance has still has a small chance of becoming that level. Not that he would do it every single year, but you know, Matt Ryan won an MVP. And I would say Matt Ryan and Kirk cousins are very similar quarterbacks, both in terms of style and play and quality. And Matt Ryan was capable of winning an MVP with Kyle Shanahan.
0: I got to tell you, that quarterback uh, show on Netflix, I kind of have a little more respect for Kirk cousins, just as a person, he just seems yeah. to be like a nice human being, a generally nice guy who just happens to play football.
1: I, I kind of, I don't know. I, he's that, him a little more. I, I, I thought he came off really well. I think he, he certainly is. He's not been changed whatsoever by the NFL. You know what I mean? Agreed. He's The same person. I don't, I, He's not somebody that gets affected by how much money he has and all that, which I mean, you saw that with him driving that old van for so long (laughs) in Washington and stuff like that, which was mentioned in the show. But Yeah, I agree. He came off well in that show. He is somebody that I think he happens to play football. He is not obsessed. Like football is not his life.
0: I completely agree. Uh, Ted talks ball reminding everybody hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you very much, Ted. Appreciate that. I got this tweet. Someone sent this to me. Uh, And I want to get to this before we wrap it up here. Cole Smith says the way the Niners quarterbacks are covered by Niners media and content creators has been strange for years now. It's because they pick sides and then argue incessantly on Twitter. They get so obsessed with winning those arguments that they build actual animosity towards the players. It is weird. I have said, I think there's animosity towards Trey Lance by the Purdy people I don't think there's animosity towards Purdy by the Lance people. I think that, honestly, I think that mostly goes one way. There are people taking joy and glee in Trey Lance's struggles. I don't think that people are looking at Brock Purdy every time he throws a pick and saying, ha-ha, and and photoshopping images of Brock Purdy working at fast food places like they are with Trey Lance, like I saw.
1: So I really only think that goes one way. I think there's some transference going on. I, I, I truly think that's what it is. What's happening is... They knew a lot of the veterans liked Jimmy. And I think the reporters with the 49ers, I, I don't think there's any argument that they try to be very favorable. They try not to make the players mad. They try not to make the coaches mad. They try to be buddy-buddy with them. And I think they knew they, they could see it. They could. It was flat-out said in some quotes that Jimmy was the guy, so they kind of pushed Lance to the side. They weren't going to be pushing, you know, trying to build him up. Or anything like that, and then afterwards, what happened? You saw, all right. Well, now it's Purdy's team. Kyle Shanahan is very firmly in the Purdy train, so we're going to continue that. We're not going to build up Lance because we don't want to make Kyle Shanahan mad by posting a whole bunch of really positive things about Trey Lance. (laughs) I, I think it's not. I don't think it's a conscious thing. Is what what I'm getting at. I don't think they consciously sit there and go. Oh, I got to write bad things about Trey Lance and not the good things in order to make them happy. But I think because they're wanting to be buddy, buddy all the time, and that is definitely what this uh, media group wants to do for the 49ers, they are doing it subconsciously.
0: Well, I think that the Niners fan base will hopefully get a lot more unified week one when all this, when we can all just, you know pull together and be on the same page because it's going to be one starter and one guy playing and, and hopefully that'll be that who knows um, but I hope so and I again I will be there cheering for Brock Purdy hoping every throw he makes is caught and scores a touchdown and all that stuff so again I want to clarify that even though I am rooting for Lance right now I, I hope that that's not too difficult for people to uh, to understand is there anything else you want to mention before we uh, wrap up for the day Levin
1: no, uh, I wish I wish the media was closer so that we had more to go off of, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, I would say everybody stay tuned. Listen to what the players say afterwards about the opposing team.
0: Yes, and I uh, will hopefully have some of that audio for you in 49ers and 5 as well. Uh, Michelle Majuk and I will be back tomorrow uh, reacting to everything that ha- ends up happening at practice and also uh, whatever they say after the practice, so you're going to want to check that out as well. Michelle uh, writes for NFL.com. If you don't know, also she does uh, a bunch of different podcasts, the ball blast football podcast, lockdown fantasy. Now she's doing that as well. We have a lot of multi-talented people here at the gold standard podcast network. Levin's not one of them, but other people on the network do some things.
1: I'll keep that in mind. Uh, you want to end on a good note? Something sure. that will make you probably happy. So to speak,
0: give me some trade news.
1: Another Josh Harper tweet, Darnold, in for goal line, overthrows a wide open receiver. Hey,
0: that yeah, darnold I
1: mean, that, being darnold.
0: Vic Tafer says all these reporters playing where's Jimmy with all these obstructed views. Hoyer got most of the work in the last scrimmage. It's so funny they can't see anything.
1: They're just. I think yeah. it's hilarious that Hoyer is there. The guy well, before Jimmy, right, is now Jimmy's backup.
0: All oh, full circle. Think about it, though. If you're one of the reporters, like you fly out to Vegas to go to these practices and they put you three fields away with obstructed yeah. views. Like that's got to suck. Although I guess you're flying on somebody else's dime, right? You're flying on the company dime. So
1: Yeah, unless you're Cone and you work for yourself, basically.
0: Well, he, he still works for an outlet.
1: He, he's got plenty of money. Put it that way.
0: <laughs> he's, he said that's yesterday. From
1: his YouTube channel, he's got plenty of money.
0: He said yesterday, I'm rich. So, I mean, he was joking, but only a little. Anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio pods. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, everybody. Thank you very much. We appreciate all the chat, all the questions. Shout out to all our YouTube members. If you want to be a channel member, it's like less than $3 a month. You get priority comment response. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. Levin's throwing up comments here. Jason Tillman. I got here late, but it looks like Levin survived the bees. Oh yeah. Really quick. Give us a bee <laughs> update. Levin had an underground bees nest at his house Two that he was them. determined to destroy. Two of them.
1: Yeah. And, and what happened? Those suckers are dead. That's that's what happened. You put the bee suit on? Nope. I, did. I decided I was going to try without a bee suit. I was going to like, Supposedly, seven is highly effective. If you know what seven is, the stuff that you spread in your garden so weeds don't grow and stuff. Okay. If bees touch it, it's a powder. It gets on them like pollen. They can't get it off. They go back to the hive. It kills them. It takes about 24 hours. So I spread all that stuff through the holes. Uh, one of the holes, I stuck a hose in and ran it for like half an hour. Couldn't even find that hive when I dug it up. I dug up like a about two feet deep, probably like a three foot by three foot hole. Never found the hive probably because I washed it out with all the water. The second one, I uh, spread all that stuff. I stopped seeing activity at the hole. I dug it up, and uh, just so happened, the first spot that I hit, I popped it open, and I saw the queen, and she tried to, like, scurry away. She was, like, really slow moving, so she's probably in the process of dying, but she tried to get inside the dirt so that she couldn't be found, and yeah, I got her on the ground, and she got smashed underneath my foot.
0: And then uh,
1: smashed underneath (laughs) my foot. You you killed her. Regicide. 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 Her her it's not her fault. Her kids are just jerks. But (laughs) (laughs) I dug up the hive and I'm glad I dug up. I got every last bit of hive, but the hive had a whole bunch of like larvae still inside like the little honeycombs and stuff. And so I made sure they all got
0: taken. There you go. Well, I'm glad you're safe. You're killing the bee population, though. You're a terrible human. These were Uh,
1: yellow jackets. They don't help nearly as much. It wasn't honeybees.
0: True. Honeybees, Um,
1: I would have called somebody because people will come
0: in their own free will
1: to get the honeybees because they like to have them for themselves.
0: Uh, Judd says, wow, Bleacher Report tweeted Brock throw three strikes for two TDs. I didn't see that, but that's obviously good. Red Eye says, what happened at joint practice? No one cares about their stupid stories. We've been talking about the joint practice for an hour and five minutes, dude get here earlier how about that nick ellert says all bees are helpful you are a monster i think we should end with that that's a fine note thank you very much nick levin i'll talk to you next week have a good one everybody